The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week. Hello and welcome to the KM Community Podcast. I'm your host Oliver Kemp and I'll be bringing you the stories that matter at the heart of communities across the county. If you have a story you think needs to be told, just use the hashtag KM Community on social media or you can email me on okemp at thekmgroup.co.uk. This week, music has been described as a powerful therapeutic tool by scientists and medical professionals. It can improve people's mental well-being and improve the communication skills for people with disabilities. The British Association for Music Therapy says it can enable people to create their own unique musical language in which to explore and connect with the world and express themselves. To discuss the importance of group music projects for people with disabilities, I'm joined by Sarah Mann, Director for the Music Man Project in Kent. The KM Community Podcast. Sarah, welcome to the KM Community Podcast. Lovely, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here. So why is the Music Man Project so important? The Music Man Project is important because it gives opportunities to people with learning disabilities to get together, to play, to have fun, to build community for people that perhaps wouldn't um, necessarily be in community and are often actually socially isolated and excluded from a lot of things. So it... um, it provides that opportunity as well as for some of the carers to get together to network to kind of build relationships with one another. Um, yeah, and it's it's a great project to be involved in. Because uh, I think when I when I found out about the project, I was I was surprised that there weren't more of these projects around because it feels like it really offers something different. Uh, that you don't often see in, in communities. Absolutely. Um, when I first heard about it as well, I um, I looked it up online and got in touch with David Stanley, who's um, in charge of the project and founded it, and said, is there anything like this in Kent? And he said, no, but we'd love to have something. So it kind of snowballed from there. And um, what sort of learning disabilities do the participants of Music Man Project have? Wow, it's a, it's a range, really. We've got some um, quite complex... Um, disabilities we've got people with cerebral palsy that um, are wheelchair bound Um, we've got obviously people with autism and Asperger's so they're you know much more able than some of the others down syndrome it covers every disability and we try to make it accessible for all that's quite complex then isn't it because you you sometimes see societies or community groups set up for people who have Asperger's specifically or people that suffer from something uh, like an illness or something and then they have that common ground whereas this is bringing people from all walks of life together so I imagine there must be quite a learning element involved in that as well yes I mean we we learn to get along we learn um, what others strengths are and what other people find difficult and we try to kind of accommodate that and um, yeah just include everyone and make it a a really fun place to be. So how did you get involved in the project in the first place? Well it was while I was a teacher and uh, one of my teaching assistants worked had come from Essex she worked in Southend and she said to me have you heard of David Stanley and the Music Man project? I said no she said look it up because you would absolutely love it so I did and uh, I thought wow yeah that looks good and kind of parked the idea Um, and then it was a kind of January I think 2017 when I was really coming up umming and ahhing about my future and thinking oh you know it'd be great to get involved in something else and um, I got in touch with David and said that um, you know gave him a little bit of background on, on, on me and said have you got anything like this in Kent I'm really interested in the project he said no come and see what we do so I went up and, and saw 
um, what he did and just thought, wow, I was blown away by it and thought, this is this is great. I'd love to, you know, be involved in something. And so I, I kind of set it up locally. I went part time at school. I was a teacher, went part time and ran the Music Man project just two sessions a week with a colleague of mine and just loved it so much. And it's kind of snowballed from that point And it's got a little bit bigger. I gave up teaching radically mm-hmm. um, in uh, uh, last year. And uh, from September 2019, um, added extra sessions to Medway. We've opened a project in Maidstone and we've also got a a project in Bexley that I don't run, but a a friend of mine runs. So, uh, yeah, it is great and I love it. That really has snowballed then. So how long have you been running the, the Kent the Kent contingent of it for? Okay, so in September 2017 is when we first started. We had two sessions. No, sorry. We had three sessions. One of the sessions, my very first session, I remember thinking, oh, nobody's going to come. We kind of advertised it. And we had 12 people to that first session. It was, and uh, the following week, I think we had 20 and then the week after that, we had 24 and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I could really see the potential that it had. Do you think that was like a word of mouth thing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, we did advertise, but most people, I think, came along because they knew somebody that had come and, and uh, they brought a friend and all that kind of thing. And I suppose so. that's what's so powerful about these kind of community groups, isn't it? Because someone goes to that first week and goes, this is something that I've not had the opportunity to ever do before. And they're going to want to tell their friends and tell other people. And if, if the carers of someone, they're going to want to tell other carers of other people that, that they should come along and try and experience this. Absolutely. And, and the more we've done, the more events locally that we've done, the more concerts that we've done, um, words just got out and it's getting bigger. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. I think at our Christmas concert this year in Medway, we had 64 performers. And in Maidstone, which was only... Uh, a new group we'd only been going a couple of months we had 30 performers and it's great to um, have something to aspire to something to work towards um, to have a common goal and uh, yeah the excitement rises as the weeks progress you know it takes a lot of practice as you can imagine going over and over lots of repertoire um, well, what what is the repertoire well Mostly, um, David Stanley, who's the the founder of the project, he's also a composer, so he's written uh, music specifically for the Music Man project, so we know that it will work. It's uh, sort of tried and tested, but, um, you know, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. There's, um, We have um, lots of p- pieces that we add, percussion, simple percussion too, so djembes, glockenspiels, triangles, tambourines, that kind of thing, and we also sing and do signing alongside the singing so that those that can't communicate verbally can also communicate um, with signing through their hands. We did a massive performance uh, in April at the Royal Albert Hall. So each of the Music Man projects around the country got together at the Albert Hall and we had over 200 musicians with learning disabilities on stage there. And we were supported by a full symphony orchestra and a massed choir of over 300 and it was just the most phenomenal occasion as you can imagine for some of the um, the guys that we took up we took 46 performers from Medway up on a coach and for some of them it was the first time that they'd ever been in London so for all sorts of reasons it was just a fantastic occasion there must have been some intense rehearsals as well then if you had the kind of orchestra there as well and all these things to make sure everything's going right there must have been quite a lot involved in that there was a lot involved a lot 
um, was involved behind the scenes that perhaps we weren't even involved in. But um, yeah, lo- there was a lot of rehearsing. We rehearsed for over a year, really, the repertoire. So uh, yeah, but it was great. It was wonderful. And I, I guess the other thing, away from the performance side of things and, and, the, and the playing, the performative part of it is actually creating a community and, and making and getting people to talk to each other and make friends. Have you seen that happen quite organically with the people that are involved in the in the Kent Music Man? Definitely, yes, we have. Um, we've had lovely testimonies from some parents as well about uh, what it has meant for their young person or their. Um, their child to come along to to the sessions and for instance there was um, one chap that was quite a loner and really didn't speak to anyone and one of his friends actually commented that over time he was beginning to um, sit with other people at another session that was going on he went to something adult learning I think and would often sit on his own never speak to anyone but over time he would begin to sit with the uh, with the group and interact and make jokes so it had given him some confidence socially um, to get alongside others which is you know it's a great testimony and there were other testimonies from from parents to say that you know they they never felt that their child or their young person had any friends but now that, that they've, they've got friends so isn't that wonderful that's great and I imagine that we tell me if I'm wrong but I imagine that because there's the, there's a common goal that everyone's working towards it more organically creates friendships than if you're kind of putting people in a room and going speak exactly because you know you've got a group of triangle players and you've got a group of a, a group of tambourine players and they're doing something together at, that comes together so they're part of the team and you bring the two teams together so that they play you know at the right times and and uh alternately or whatever and uh yeah so there's a real camaraderie and uh sense of inclusion through that do you think that the the project challenges the misconceptions some people have with disabilities and, and how disabilities can sort of take over your life Yes, absolutely. We try to work on the positives. So we say, you know, look what they can do rather than look at their, you know, the things that set them back. We always get comments after concerts about, wow, that was amazing. I couldn't really, I couldn't believe that they were able to achieve so much. We've got one chap that's a phenomenal pianist and he's never had the opportunity to, to shine and he loves to play at all our concerts and he's always preparing the music and you know he played at the Albert Hall actually um, just during the interval but he'd, he'd written a piece of music it was all in his mind but he played it and he was just great and you know for him that's been a huge boost to him because it's something that he's always wanted to do but never had the opportunity and to say that you've played the Royal Albert Hall yeah, was quite something isn't it yeah because did you have you had two soloists for we for the did yeah another um one of the soloists actually he um it was indicated to to his family when he was very young that he would never speak that he would he'd never talk and there he was at the Albert Hall in front of an audience of three and a half thousand I think it was and he sang a solo with absolutely no nerves I mean if that was me I'd be petrified but he had absolutely no nerves and he stood there and he sang his heart out absolutely wonderful that's amazing so so it was he he was was he diagnosed non-verbal then was that was I that believe what it was? so I believe so yes but look at him now so proof if, proof if need be about the power exactly, of music and performance exactly. and then there was also another chap who um, had a brain injury and he has um, ataxia which means that he processes things very slowly but he was able to speak 
part of a poem across some music that was playing. And again, for him, that was just a huge boost, particularly, I think, for his family to see him do that was was wonderful. Some of these examples, it makes you think, wow, the, the power of music in mm. these situations. Do you think that people really understand the, the therapeutic properties of music and, and performing as well? I think people are beginning to see that it that it really has an impact um, over all areas of life because not only through confidence, um, through speech, but also um, developmentally through coordination. You know, we have gross motor skills and fine motor skills when they're playing the instruments. So those things are able to progress as well. Because music therapy is, it, obviously it's a growing part of the of the kind of therapy community, isn't it? And trying to understand how, how music works in people's brains. And, and there's so much development going on in that all the time. Do you think that um, the, the Music Man project will be involved in over the years in kind of looking at some of these new techniques and kind of working with music therapists and music therapy to try and make sure you're, you're kind of using those techniques to best practice? Possibly, possibly. I mean, music therapy is a very definite and very different thing to what the Music Man project is about. Music therapy is often one-to-one um, and sometimes a little bit clinical, whereas the Music Man Project is about us all coming together as, as a group and performing. So it's kind of got different, different strands to music, although obviously the Music Man Project has, do, does have therapeutic aspects to it. I think that's what's interesting though, isn't it? So uh, perhaps some, if some people do see uh, music therapy as being quite a clinical thing, maybe that what's being overlooked is projects like the Music Man Project where actually it doesn't need to be in that kind of clinical setting. It can be about bringing communities together, working together, and actually the therapeutic properties of that. I mean, as you said, mm. someone who was diagnosed non-verbal goes and sings mm. at the Royal Albert Hall. That's a, quite a clear success, I would say. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What sort of ages of people do you get at the, at the project? Wow, a whole range. I mean, the Kent Project, our youngest, I think, is 12, and our oldest is 79, so uh, it's vast. Uh, obviously, some of the sessions are not open to the younger uh, children, young people, because they're at school, so they tend to come to our after-school set or evening session uh, with their parents um, or a carer. And then, yeah, some people come independently to the sessions, some come with a group a a day center um, and some come with with a carer and and away from the I guess therapeutic part of of this whole project and bringing a community together there must be the aspirational side of it as well Uh, how how does that kind of because playing things like the Royal Albert Hall and getting to do concerts around places in Kent that must there must be something that they aspire to and look forward to all the time I think it's really important to aspire to a concert because you know why shouldn't people with learning disabilities have the same opportunities of those that don't so why shouldn't they play at the Albert Hall why why shouldn't they play at the Marlowe Theatre so we're all about you know trying to push the doors forward and say give people with disabilities an opportunity Um, in fact the uh, CEO of the Music Man Project David Stanley has been in New York very recently he spent November in New York um, sussing out whether we could actually take the Music Man project to Broadway. So that's a huge aspiration. He's um, he's such a visionary. He's got such great dreams and plans, but quite often they come into being. So uh, we'll we'll wait and see. That would be interesting. So would would that be involving bringing some of the performers from Kent and taking them to taking them to New York and 
and performing then. I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful? I don't know whether that will actually come about in reality, but whatever happens, we will put on our own Broadway show locally. So we might, I'm looking actually at um, perhaps hiring a theatre um, and, and taking our Broadway show to, say, the Central Theatre or to the Marlowe Theatre or to the Brook Theatre. So we'll do our own Broadway tour in Kent. That's great. And, and talking about pushing the doors open a little bit more in the industry for people with learning difficulties, do you think that's that's been, a, as someone who's been a music teacher, been in the industry for a long time, do you think there is a, uh, there's a problem there that there's not, there's an access issue where people with learning difficulties just aren't able to get into the industry, they're not able to perform, they're not able to teach, they're not able to, to, to do the things that, that non-disabled people are able to do? I think there is a distinct disadvantage, um, but as I say, we are trying to push a few more doors. It did take us two or three years to get to the Albert Hall, you know, with saying, can, can we come? And we almost had to prove ourselves. So um, we actually, I mean, it's before I joined the Music Man Project, but there were two shows at the London Palladium as a run-up almost to, to doing the Albert Hall. So we all, almost had to prove that we could put on a big show and that it would be successful. And we did that twice. And then we did the Albert Hall. Yay! <laughs> so, um, yeah, watch this space. Oh, it's quite a big... I mean, it's a massive project, isn't it? Playing Royal Albert Hall is one of the most prestigious performing venues in the in the country. So, so I imagine yeah. there was a lot of involvement there, yes, a lot absolutely. of planning, all that kind of thing. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge, but uh, well worth it. So, what are some of the some of the projects that you've got lined up in for for the Kent Music Man performers this year? Okay, well, we've got a concert coming up at St Mark's Church in Gillingham, so quite low key, really, um, and that's on the twenty sixth of March. Uh, we're also um, hoping to play a concert with an orchestra a local orchestra so been in touch with a conductor and the orchestral manager so hopefully that will be in the summer term and we're hoping to do a concerto for trumpet trombone and however many triangle players we can we can muster from the music man project so that will include that as well as the music man project's guide to the orchestra Oh, excellent. So you are, you're you kind of jumping genres a little bit as well then and doing, yeah, it's not just about kind of doing pop music, it's about getting all all manner of music involved in this. Absolutely, yeah. We, we play classical music, we do some more poppy, rocky stuff. It's a, it's a real mix. So hopefully we uh, cover all sorts of uh, genres. And um, uh, in terms of, because obviously it started in Essex, you've been dire- directing the Kent side of things. Has there been friendships that have been made from people from the different wings of the Music Man Project all around the country? Definitely. Um, Some of our Music Man Project Kent members have travelled to Essex to Southend to rehearse with the Essex students. And in October this year, some of the Essex students came down to Kent and we put on a... um, a musical, I suppose, called Hate Crime, the musical, which uh, was part of the Hate Crime Awareness Week with um, Kent Police. So we put on that alongside the Essex students. And yeah, there's been a lot of toing and froing between particularly Essex and Kent. Sarah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week.